Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast and a pop culture adjacent podcast. And we try to do this every other week, but Chelsea had a wild hair and she wanted to do another one because she missed out on the uh, watch party. Oh, shucks. You missed out. It was a good one. What was it? It was Twins of Evil. It was closing out Hammer Month. Oh, wow. So uh, she wanted to do this and I think it's a great idea because we're coming out of uh, October. So I call it, I'm calling this kind of our uh, October post-mortem. Mm-hmm. Because we've had a ton of great uh, horror movies come out this year, and mm-hmm. it made sense when you said, let's take a look at modern horror. So we're going to look at uh, the horror genre, as well as uh, what we've seen in, in the last couple of years, Yeah, things that we've liked, things that we've not liked, and kind of extrapolate some trends and some things that are going on in that side of film. So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, myself. I am the Brubaugh Sean. And this is my uh, co-host, Chelsea, the regulator. Yep, I'm back. She's back, everybody. (laughs) She's on the mend. And we are extremely excited and very fortunate to have a special guest today. His name is Lee. He's known on Twitter as That Brown Coat. He's a great friend of ours, and we're welcoming him to the show. Hello, Lee. Hi, how are y'all doing? We're fantastic. How did we meet Lee? Oh, we were at Mellow. Yeah. So we were at Mellow Mushroom, Mm -hmm. and... uh, Chelsea and I were having a conversation about film. I think it was heated, too. Probably, knowing you. <laughs> it was passionate. Me never. Was there swearing involved? <laughs> Probably. And, uh, and Lee, I believe that you overheard our conversation and did, uh, very, did. very boldly and courageously just approached us and started talking film with us, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Because so, uh, I could tell y'all just, y'all were talking deep film. And it was like, ooh, I like this. I, I like this. <laughs> and, and, and from that point, I think that we've kind of forged this, this very uh, uh, fortuitous, like, like, like strangers in the night, boats passing in the harbor kind right. of friendship yes. where we would just run into each other, not only at, at Mellow Mushroom, but we'd run, each, run into each other at, oh, at, the, at the theaters. Yeah. And we would go to like special Fathom events mm-hmm. and we would see you there. And so it became very apparent to me and to Chelsea that, that you know, Lee shares the same level of um, love of film that we do. And it just made sense to have you on the show. So we're very excited to have you here. And we want to thank you also. You had a little bit yes. of a drive here. <laughs> it's okay. That, Thanks, that, Google Maps. Yeah, but that's hey, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Yeah, we're all here. <laughs> Full <laughs> disclosure, I think Lee had a little bit of a survival horror movie <laughs> built oh, into God. his journey to the uh, shop shop here today. Apparently so, because so, I was out in the sticks of Darlington, as I recall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't want to get caught there. I know. A little bit of navigation error, <laughs> but uh, we are very glad to have you here, and uh, we look forward to hearing what you have to say about modern horror. So I think that uh, I would like to just kind of roll out a few Hang categories. On. Hang on. Before oh. you get into oh, that. Oh, yes, please. I'm sorry. I'm only doing this once, Chop Shoppers. There's going to be spoilers. So if you don't want to hear fucking spoilers, turn it off, watch the movie, and then come back. But I ain't saying it again. Okay. So you've been warned. Once is enough. Once is enough. So we're going to do some spoiler-heavy discussion of films that have been out maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of days, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of years. So uh, be careful. Yep. 
But uh, yeah, I think that uh, it would be best if we just kind of break these down into some categories, uh, just to add a little bit of organization uh, instead of us just word vomiting all the horror movies that we've watched that we want to talk about. Indeed. Well, before you do that, can I just pose a question? Sure. Favorite horror film from this year? From the, this year? This year. Um, X. X I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. X is probably my favorite horror movie of this year. It's, 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 it's a horror movie for grownups. Not that they aren't, aren't but I, I like that there was there's that aspect of it. It's like, you know, I don't mind being old and, and understanding you know, a lot of X kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, that was a, that's definitely been the high water mark for me this year. And that is directed by Ty West. Ty yeah. West. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, uh, that is the first genre that I have listed because it is kind of a classic. The classic slasher slash gore films. Um, this is a continuation of the Halloweens, the Jason movies, all of the slasher flicks of the late 70s, early mm-hmm. 80s. And I consider X to be in that genre because it is thematically what the film is about. However, it does dip its toe into a lot other cool stuff. It does. It, I mean, what what flipped me out about it is the the trailer. The trailer looks like is Chainsaw Massacre, and really what it is is a crazy. It's a crazy bitty movie. It really is. It's, it's really boils down to it's just really about this crazy old lady. You yeah, know, kind of thing. You know, kind of almost like what's the one? Whatever had a baby Jane. It almost oh, yeah. dips its toe into that genre. It, it oh. and it, it falls in step with the first Friday the Thirteenth film <laughs> in that time. regard. Big time. The uh, the crazy mom. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I kind of compare it more to like the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Halloween, only because the narrative of it is so much more elevated than. Mm-hmm typical late 70s early 80s slasher fix where it's just you know ass and titties and absolutely and that's what makes it a great uh starting point for us when we're talking about modern horror because it borrows heavily from the classic tropes Uh but it doesn't lean so heavily into them that that's all the movie is about it has a lot of other stuff going on for it that makes it uh, engaging cinema for a modern audience and of course you have to mention uh, Pearl of course. in quick succession because that being the prequel that came out not nine months after X. About six. About yeah. Because yeah, I think I mean, X, X is like March or April, and then here we just had that at the beginning of the, in the end of September. Yeah. 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 So you, you've got the prequel that also touches a lot on the same kind of uh themes of the first film and it kind of gets into the gore and the slash but it also really kind of gives you that context and depth of character of the uh of the big bad in the first film. well i would almost put this into your like what we call unease category but not in the way that you pose it yeah only because it you said it best when we were watching you're like this looks like fucking oklahoma and I was like, oh, my God, it does. And you're just creeped out. Mm. The colors yep. and her raggedy Ann makeup. And uh, it's it's a little fucking unsettling. And when you say I Oklahoma, think... you mean the musical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. But I agree. That's an interesting point because I feel like you're right. X is more what it is. It's more of the classic slasher, whereas Pearl is a character study, far more of a character study. You know, and it's just... And you're right, it's bright. The score. I love the score. Oh, it's great. It really starts in it because I know it's Tyler Bates and somebody else, just like he did on the first one on X. And it was just like, 
this is beautiful. Yeah, and you're right. It does feel like Shirley Jones as Pearl. Well, yeah. but, and it, it wouldn't work if Pearl came out first. It just would. No, it nope. wouldn't have been no, that but, unsettling. No, because you would. I would say that uh, without the the context of X, you're you'd kind of be bored with it. Yes, and confused. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, for most part, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't have the same effect at all. Now we have one more in the trilogy coming up, and that's Maxine Triple X. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this one I'm a little nervous for. I'm not gonna lie. I have faith. I do too. I, I, too. If, if the if the first two were so I, well crafted, I can't imagine the first one being so far removed. I, I I agree. Like I said, I'm just I'm a little nervous. That's all. It can get tropey real quick. That's true. But I, the thing that I'm pulling for more than anything is Mia Goth. Oh yeah, again. she's so she's so just, fucking talented. She I feel like she and uh, Daniel Kaluuya. For nope, should win. They won't. They won't be nominated. Should win for best actor, best actress. You know, in a way, because it's just I like his portrayal of that. I'm going to. We'll get to that eventually. But it's just it's a wonderfully understated role. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just kind of like he never goes above you know full volume kind of thing, and it, it's great. Anyway, it, I'm sorry. It's I'm effective. Digressed. No, no, no it's you're fine. I think Mia Goth is an extremely talented actress. We are going to be talking more about Mia Goth next week. When I'm we do so excited. Our Suspiria versus Suspiria oh, episode. Oh, wow. I'm so excited to hear that. <laughs> oh, yes, y'all. Oh, I, wish I, was, I wish I was in on that one. And it's, and it's so funny. I'm going to give my group a little bit of a plug. We watched uh, last night Dario Argento's opera. Oh, I love that movie. And we're doing Suspiria next week. Now, what is it? Oh, nice. do you, does your group have a proper name or is it just your friends? No, it's, it's uh, the FFB Movie Night. FFB is a reference to a movie called Street Trash. Last ride with Joe Bob Briggs covered that. Right. And one night, and we, at the time when I started meeting up with these friends of mine, we would gather on Fridays and watch those shows. And we got Street Trash and we all just got blistered. <laughs> we were just blistered, and I had never seen it before. And it was just rather bad. It's like this is so crass, but I said, but it's so beautifully shot. This looks way better than it should. And it turns out that guy who directed goes on to be like the cinematographer, like James Cameron and Big Guns. Right. You know? And so anyway, but it's just uh, FFB is a reference to the Flatbush Foot Brigade. At one point, there's this old bum who's walking <laughs> along, and the guy and the cop grabs like, "Hey, who are you?" He's like, "I'm with the Flatbush Foot Brigade. I don't unofficial business." And we just ran with it. We just thought that was funny. One of the guys was like ffb hashtag ffb i was like okay so so ffb movie night that's my plug and you guys get together like on a twitter live is that we do okay we, we basically just just live tweet along with mm-hmm. it we have recently discovered spaces yes we, we dropped in on one yes of yes you did yes you did and as and i really appreciate that anytime y'all want to do that but anyway i digress but yeah we normally just live tweet because we found out it's hard to not talk amongst each other and watch the movie at the same time so it works better just to live tweet it there you go yeah so jumping from the pearl and the x um i want to mention the uh recently released uh halloween ends yes and its predecessor halloween kills yes Ugh. now halloween, halloween kills i thought was a pretty terrible movie it was. i agree uh, just <laughs> it's bad. Evil ends tonight. Well, it's like a bad MAGA rally. It really is. Yes. Or I hope I could no, that's fine. Oh. Go right no, ahead. No. But it is. It feels. That's what I. I even made a joke one time at the beginning, like the day after, without giving spoilers, and somebody kind of, kind of got a little offended. And they weren't right wingy about it. It was just kind of like that seems a bit much. I'm like, does it <laughs> really? It's, it's, all, it's, it's all about mob mentality. It is. Yes. It is. Um, I. However, I think ends was a better a better film. I think it was too. Uh, there are it has its detractors because they wanted that that Michael Myers uh, presence right and it wasn't really there until the end well 
because it wasn't about him. It's not about him. It's, it's Corey. It, it, yeah, exactly. And for for fuck's sake, Michael Myers is old. Yeah, yeah. He's not a physically formidable opponent at this point. I like the way that he's he's depowered in a way. He's like he's hiding. He's still alive yeah. and he's still surviving, subsisting, and all. But he does seem like he's depowered until finally he makes his last stand, so to speak, at the end of it. One of the things I never really enjoyed about Michael Myers after Halloween 2, mm-hmm. well, I guess 3 because he wasn't in it, right, right. he was just, uh, 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 he was a shark. He was mm-hmm. a silent killing machine who just killed because that's what his programming was. And it just really is boring. It is. It's bad uh, writing. And, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. it's it's lazy. And, it and, and I think that Jason and the Friday the 13th series fell into that same kind of thing where it was just, what else are you going to do besides make it funny or silly? Or, you know, you start getting into these ridiculous twists. I so, did like it. It's funny. Just to, just to cross-reference real quick, I love Friday the 13th Part 6. That's my favorite of the entire series. And that's, I think, Tom McLaughlin, I think, is who wrote and directed it. And it's got a sense of humor about it at times. And, and it's not cheesy. It just kind of works. Which one was that? Part six. Jason Part lives. Six. Okay. Is that the one where he goes to space? No, no, I haven't <laughs> seen that one. That one, I, even I was like this, been too, too much. <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, ends. I think is is a good classic slasher film. Yeah. You, you, we all mentioned the uh, uh, the real antagonist of the film, the young man who finds himself at the the wrong end of justice, the wrong end of social perception, yep. and it kind of wreaks havoc on him and he kind of finds himself in this uh, Michael Myers role of his own yep. and I thought it was kind of neat because they painted him in a semi-sympathetic light they do which is something that a lot of horror movies don't do mm-hmm. they just go for bad you're bad and I'm painting you with a giant black paintbrush yep. and yeah. that's what you are and um, this guy is a victim of circumstance oh and it was and it was kind of heartbreaking. Oh, it you know? kind of. It was I, just horrific. I think about. It, I've heard a couple people who like you know they, they just did not like the kid, and they actually kind of cracked up when when the kid falls. I'm like, really? You cold hearted? Yeah. I was like, not me. I was like, oh, that's tough. And of course, there he is with the knife in his hand. You yes. Know, and, the, and the mom just like you, you know, kind <laughs> of thing. And it's just it, it's brutal. It's a hard, cold open. And I think what I finally like, I did like about that, and I feel like they did a terrible job of truly getting it across but i think something that's in kills that i now realize is michael myers very presence at this point in time appears to simply corrupt the area of effect that's around him and that area of effect is Haddonfield, illinois yeah. and it's like just him showing up just drove everybody crazy yeah. and, then, and then a year later because he's still hiding somewhere yeah. he's still in the town you know Corey's incident happens and then there's the one where it's the people get shot in the car and hawkins is like you know he doesn't michael doesn't use a gun you know, when some lady hangs herself, it's just—it's almost like just his presence corrupts, and that's what happens to Corey. It just you know seeps into him. In that's an way. interesting take, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because every time I watch a Halloween movie mm-hmm. and they talk about it's been forty years since this happened, move, yeah, move. There's no one holding you to this town. Get another job. Go somewhere else and move away. Well, but that's why I think that that works and it elevates the narrative and it makes. Jamie Lee Curtis's character so much more fucking effective instead mm. of just being some, you know, final girl, like mm-hmm. with no rhyme or reason. Right, right. She's got purpose and it empowers her. 
it's almost like in a way Haddonfield is almost like Derry, Maine or, or any of the Stephen oh, King yeah. places where it's like you just can't get away from it. You know, once you're I there, think it's any Midwestern stuck. small town. Yeah. Where are you gonna go? Um I've got one more movie in my classic slasher slash gore. Mm-hmm. And it's the hot topic. It is Terrifier Two. <laughs> now this this film came out uh, a few weeks ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in in wide release, and now it's made the rounds on digital. Is that is that right? It's on Screenbox. Okay. Basically, uh, they they have the exclusive rights to it, so and to, to uh, stream it. And they have submitted themselves for Oscar consideration. Have they really? <laughs> which I think is fucking hilarious. I do too. Because That's can you imagine these Oscar voters having to screen this movie? <laughs> Because I haven't thought about that. To. Here's your screener. I love it. <laughs> um, just to give you an overview, Terrifier 2 is the sequel to Terrifier, which is a tire fire. There's really not much in the way of plot. Nope. You've got a silent clown who's menacing and stabby killy, and very much a Michael Myers, Jason, can't kill me, I won't die kind of guy. Um, the second one rolls out, and you've got the family of the father who died who committed suicide and they're trying to put the pieces together and you've got this very evil clown who still continually will not die um it is probably one of the goriest movies i've seen in a long time me too um the uh, gore effects are pretty exquisite yeah um there were times when i was grabbing my kneecap because that really hurt to watch um, however, this is where I probably differ from a lot of people. I found every actor in the movie to be annoying as fuck. And I was so happy when they all died. <laughs> I haven't seen either one of these, so go. <laughs> when, the, when, when the mom got it in the face. Oh, I know. I was so glad. I fucking hated that woman's performance. Oh, it was she's terrible. so shrill. She's just the unlikable mom all it the way was, through. She, she, oh, she's from the God. moment you get her on the phone, she's burning the bacon and t- trying to work on the oh, phone. She's just bad, and she slaps the kids. And yeah. She's trying to keep her shit together, and she's, you know, oh, just terrible. The The main character, the young girl uh, mm-hmm. with, with the... Uh, old man fantasy of her in the cosplay and just yeah. I was just like this is so gratuitous but uh, you know there, there are all kinds of things wrong with this movie and I think it was intentional I think so too I think they wanted to put a, a lot of just crass shit on display it's exploitation and it is what it is it is it is and and to that end the movie succeeds at, at, on high marks uh, you don't see movies like this Especially a two and a half hour gore fest slasher, yeah. you don't get that every day. And I realize, you know, and it's a little bit drawn out at yeah. times. But I find it, fa- I found it fascinating. And you're like, I can, we'll go into the, the toughest, the toughest kill, or if, assuming she even dies, you know, at that point. But you know, they turned these murders into set pieces. You know, almost as if you know it was uh, these long form things. It's not some quick kill or something like that. It's, it feels almost at times like um, in in Fincher's Zodiac when he. Uh, get, finds the kids the couple on Lake Berryessa and it just that goes on forever and just and when it finally yeah. ends it's awful you know kind of thing yeah. it's just kind of like you know there's a couple of them especially the, the alley kill that's the the one that's just mm-hmm. the nightmare you know I remember when, when he walks back in and I saw he had bleach in his hand I said salt I'm like oh fucking hell 
<laughs> this net. Oh. oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's, it, it's it sadistic. It's one of the most brutal, okay. glorious films I can think of. It has to make you uncomfortable. That's the intent. I think so. You know, and if, if you if you're not made uncomfortable by this movie, at least at one you know some point in the film, yeah, then then you probably need to get some professional help because it is pretty out there um, yeah. and unflinching. Just very much camera on it. You know, unflinching. I love that. That is the perfect word because you're right. Because the camera stays on everything, you know, kind of thing. You see, they don't hold back at all. And I mean, it's just, oh, God, you definitely don't need to watch it, Chelsea. Because <laughs> when you first meet the little girl version of him, and yeah. she just, you know, evacuates kind of thing, it's like, oh, God, this is a nasty flick, you know, kind of thing. It's like, okay, okay, because we're going into all kinds of dark territory and we're only five minutes into the movie, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's nasty. It's just a nasty flick. Mm. So, yeah, for your Oscar consideration, Terrifier 2. Okay, knowing that, now I just kind of want to watch it. <laughs> you should watch it. Just It's a great dare because it is kind of a dare kind of movie in its way, I feel right. like. You know, I think, obviously, it has a following, the people that did like the first one and mm. like uh, All Hallows' Eve, the, the short story anthology thing that art pops up in. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a dare kind of movie. It's about like drinking my Lord. <laughs> Do it or you don't. Doesn't matter. It's just take a shot. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned for intermission. We'll get into that later. Um, all right, so that that, that covers Slasher. We're, we're a good 20 minutes in on, on that. I, I want to jump to some other categories that are new, kind of new-ish categories. And one I consider to be the message movie. Or the woke message, and I hate using that term because I do too. That it's... that term belongs to my parents now. Exactly, yeah. or or my dad. I've heard even I've heard him saying yeah. that. And I, I didn't look at it weird, but I thought myself. You know, Fox News told me to say that. Exactly. So uh, anyway, I, these are message movies. The first one I've got on my list is Men. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a Garner's Men. Yeah, that's a... um, obviously you are intended to take away a message of some sort in these type of films and in the movie men it's several different interpretations obviously bad behavior begets bad behavior yeah. amongst men towards women mm -hmm. i think that's pretty evident on the surface of this movie mm -hmm. right chelsea you had some other responses to this when you watched it uh, so i i, I kind of see what they were trying to do i hated that the same man actor played all of the men characters i think that's a fucked up generalization that society puts back on women mm -hmm. because if i say something negative about a man i'm saying about every single man see, no not, matter what and i see the other the other side of it is i think the director's trying to say all men are alike but they're not true so but there's consequences for a woman saying it versus you mm -hmm. that's the point that's why it's you can accept it, and it's uncomfortable for me. Right. And that's why right. this is a volatile movie. Yeah. Yes. You've seen this. I, I, I have not seen it top to bottom, but I, I, already, know the, I already know the path of it. You know, yeah. I'm one of those people. I'll, I'll spoil it if I um, want to. It's, it's, thing, so. it's discomforting, and it definitely... It's uh, A24. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's got to be discomforting. Yep. Uh, this director also took on uh, 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 Annihilation. Uh, Annihilation. With Natalie Portman, right? It is, which is a good movie that's a very loose adaptation of the book it's based on, but I like Annihilation. It's a good it's a good head flick. Yeah, I like a good trip flick. Um, so. ne next in my message movies, I've got Barbarian. Oh, my God. I was hoping you were going to get to that oh, one. Oh, yeah. I mean, on the surface, you've got... Uh, a, a new a new version of the meet cute romance meets a B movie slasher, 
but obviously that's not what we're talking about. No. You know, you've got a lot of things. You've got uh, messages about, gosh, gentrification. Uh, the cops don't care. Cops don't care. Yeah, the yep. the narrative of of the woman's voice mm-hmm. not being heard. Yep. Um, Chelsea, you had uh, several wow. things. This movie was fucking offensive to women. It's there the we most go. misogynistic piece of shit I've ever seen. It, well, I, and that's the point, I think. Of. I mean, obviously, Justin Long, you know, <laughs> who plays that kind of douchebaggy kind of character oh, so well. I think he's just, like just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> he's like that. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the whole narrative that... that Child, the, the need to bear children makes women crazy yep. and and that it becomes this singular drive is insulting yeah. it is and the fact that this woman who's got a good head on her shoulders why the fuck does she have to save justin long what the fuck she is not stupid no but she's kind I think that's that's what it is. Just like she wanted, but, just like she wanted to save Bill Sarsgaard, even though she, even though she shouldn't. <laughs> well, and but at that same token, like enough is enough. She'd saved him like seven times up to that that's point, true. and it's like you're gonna die, honey. And she knew it, and he's not fucking worth it. Yes, as we discover as the whole movie goes on, guys, because he's just. Uh, he is. It's just, and, and, he, and he has that wonderful moment, or he he has an epiphany, and then just throws it right out the window. <laughs> yeah. A second later, pushing off, you know, just letting it go. Yeah, Justin Long has a gift for uh, finding his his way into these movies, he where he's just, just, uh, uh, just despicable. And, and yeah, there's another one that he was in that came out almost at the exact same time. What? It's called uh, The House of Darkness. I haven't heard of that. It's not good. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but it has that same message. It starts out with a guy who gives a girl a ride home from uh, a club, and he's hoping to hook up with her. Yeah. And they have about an hour's worth of dialogue, and it's not good dialogue. Gotcha. But the writer really thought it was. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, it kind of paints him in the light that you know he'll say whatever needs to be said to get into the girl's pants. Gotcha. The the twist is that the uh, the girl's name is. Um, Mina. Okay. And uh, and the house that they're in, he finds out later in the film that her sister Lucy is in the move is in the house with her. So it very quickly devolves into, oh God, they're vampires, and I can't get out of this house, and yeah. I'm gonna die. Yeah. So another message movie. What about the one, the one, the one that I, as soon as you brought this category up, what's the one with the girl, um, the invitation, not the invitation, something where she's finds out that she's related to this family in England, and it turns out it's a bunch, it's a bunch of vampires, I think. Oh hmm. God, it just came out like two months ago. Didn't do very well. Kind of came and went. Hmm. Um, lead actress is black. She's living in America and somehow does like a somebody shows up. It's like I think we're kind of related. This that, and the other. You should come and visit your visit your relatives in 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 England. And they get there and, and it seems fairly you know pat you know mm. the preview for it. And then by the time they, they well, they go away and give it away as they do mm-hmm. with all previews. You know it's like okay. it's a vampire movie. You know she's the sacrifice for the you know they've got to have some I guess of the blood. I don't know. It looked bad. Chelsea <laughs> is frantically searching. I'm looking. I'm um, trying to find another in the list I've got is Unhuman. Who was in that? It's a high school movie. It's a bunch of kids oh, on God. a field trip. Don't and watch it. Skip that shit. It, it it's, looks, it's not. It it's not good, but it has the message of the uh, the cool kids versus the unpopular kids, and just feeding into that whole strata. It is called the invitation. <laughs> the invitation. I have not. Seen I've that. not seen it. Okay. It came and went fast. 
It's out of streaming, I think purchasable or rentable streaming, but uh, yeah, kind of came and went. Reaching back just a little bit, a couple of years, I think maybe end of 2020, beginning of 2021, Mm -hmm. the other message movie I've got in here is Coco D, Coco Da. Oh. Oh, I don't know that. Oh, you got to watch this. (laughs) This is a foreign language film. Okay. It has been described as Groundhog Day meets the Babadook. No. Don't ah, now. I kind of don't want to even talk about this one because it's just really good. Just let's, for the sake of the list, what is the what is the message theme of this? Generally, perseverance, kind of digging, clawing your way out of a dark place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you have to physically having to go through that. Fair enough. I will definitely look into that. Oh, it's, it's too good. I just I don't want to say anything now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, we're gonna jump into one more. Uh, I think we might take a break after this one. This is a classic uh, as of like 1996 to present found footage films. Yes. They're still around. Thank They're you. still doing them. Yep. And on the one hand, you've got VHS 99. Which I would say I haven't watched yet, but have you? Have y'all watched Deadstream? Yes. That's the other one on my list. Yes. It's great. So, we, we, that was our movie last Friday. Okay. Night. So oh, on, on one that. hand, you've got VHS 99, which yep. is a found footage movie that does not take advantage of the found footage format. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you've, you've seen all of the, the VHS. Oh, yeah. I, okay. This one, it, the, minus the first little vignette, mm-hmm. other than Bitch Cat. Cat, cat Gut? Bitch Cat? Bitch Cat Whatever. is the <laughs> name. Of, that, that one's terrible. The rest of them are hysterical. But the movie is in on the joke. It's really self-aware. Yeah. It pokes fun at a lot of things from the mid to late 90s. It's it's good. I watched 94. I just haven't gotten around to, to 99. I wish I'd already watched it. So we could I think they, they, they've abandoned the uh, the whole, it's like this is found footage, yet none of the segments have anything to do with one another. Oh, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no bridge. There's no, there's no bridge whatsoever. Other than these things happened in the 90s and it like i said it's very much poking fun at things in that time frame right so that does lead us to deadstream which i think is that was great a a great uh, 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 proof and evidence that the found footage slash live stream format has lifeblood because this movie uh hits on several different i almost put it in the comedy horror category oh, yeah. it does yeah, i mean it uh, is it speaks to it speaks to our, our our internet streaming youtube culture yep it has all of the great jump scares that you would expect from found footage movies it did um you've got a you've got a protagonist that at the beginning of the film you're just like this guy's fucking annoying and by the end of it you're feeling for him yep. and cheering for him to me, it's one of those great little gems, you know, that like, thank God Shudder, right? It is Shudder. Yeah. Thank God Shudder put this film out because here's a great example of how found footage can work, even to this day after we've seen so many found footage movies. Yeah. I, it was so much fun because I, I was I was impressed, especially by how they constantly used the, the little visual things. Like, everyone's wanting to open the computer and it would show you know, what the people were responding. I thought, my God, that's a film by itself. Just pausing and reading all the comments <laughs> that have come through. That's just a little subtle thing. Like you said, and he genuinely is funny because he's got this kind of very conflicted thing where he's just kind of like, you, you can't stand it for a second. Then it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute. I'm doing the right thing. And I love how when, when 
Chrissy or whatever the show first shows up, he tries to get her to drink the, 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 the energy drink because he's still working with sponsors. <laughs> oh, no. And she's like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> but he, and he's very nonchalant. He puts it back. He doesn't push it. It was just really a nice touch how he just kind of tried to be subtle. And, yeah, it's and funny so. you mentioned the, the comments overlapping. It reminded me of a Twitch stream, which, yep. you know, again, they're, they're, he, this movie hits on all those things that are really key and popular right now. And yep. the Twitch, I mean, I've seen... I've seen people in other industries parlay their careers into Twitch uh -huh. just because Twitch is such a hot property. And uh, this movie, I think, really, really does a great job. I mean, you talk about favorite horror movies in the last year. I mm -hmm. think Deadstream gets right up at the top of the list with me um, next to X because, again, taking a, a format that I thought was kind of played out yeah. and showing me, well, no, if you do it right, it can still have legs. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if you watch... Like YouTube horror things. Yeah, like 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 what do you mean like uh, like Dead Meat, you know, like James Denise, that kind of thing. You mean yeah, some of the series that are produced on there, like that is just a whole thing in and of itself, which I have shown you. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not as jaded by the whole found footage mm -hmm. genre. This one did it correctly, but there's there's some shit that exists out there that's that's really fucking incredible. Isn't it though? I go back to like an old one. I love Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo is great mm -hmm. because it really is filmed as if it's a really just a documentary. All those actors act like they're really the people that you're you're meeting, and that it's all you know. These are real people, and this is what happened to the family, this, that, and the other. And it's and then there's this fantastic jump scare about two thirds of the way through it. I was watching it and I had my surround sound on, and the jump scare through sound in the rears scared the shit out of me i mean i even turned it down backed it up did it again and it still scared me and i knew it was coming it was fucking weird it was just kind of like to this day i'm scared to death of that one scene it's like i gotta turn the volume down man that's so, this is good stuff though i highly recommend that's it but that's a good good found footage you know that kind of you know like you said does something different with it a little bit older you know it's not real new but um but yeah i think i think i like that genre i don't me I don't, too I don't grab every single one of them, no. but the ones I like, usually I'll usually like the ones I grab, you know, kind of thing. So. Well, I can also suspend my disbelief. Like, you you can't, period. What? You cannot. I can't, too. No, you cannot, because if it, you thought Blair Witch was ridiculous, and I'm I sorry. I love Blair Witch. That's not how you described it to me. I'm sorry. The marketing on that was fucking genius. I wanted to believe it. I still sometimes kind of do. Okay. Well, you were 11 years old when it came out. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I still, at 36, want to believe it. I, I'll, 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 okay, in defense of this, I'm glad we've segued into this. So I saw Blair Witch when it came out. Loved it. Me and, too. and saw it in, um, up in uh, Matthews. And I remember that was the best audience because everybody was dead silent the whole time. Movie ended, and I remember I heard the guy behind me, and he didn't say it with Venom, but he was like, well... I just wasted about an hour and a half of my life, and I was. But he said it in that kind of flat kind of way, so it wasn't like he hated it or anything. But I got, I, I just was like, I don't get that. I love this, and I rode with some people to go see it. And so on the way home, I remember looking out the window, and every time you drove past the little shack <laughs> house, I'm like, it's Rustin Parr's house. It's Rustin Parr. Yeah, you know, well, did you go to like the website? Oh, I like loved it. Oh, that was brilliant! Uh, we didn't have we didn't have an we didn't have a computer at home at that time, and I remember going to the local library. Yeah, with yeah. their dial-up crap computer, Hell looking yeah. up the, and knowing it was fake, but just like marveling. It's like this is what the internet is. No. This is amazing. 
Yeah, I, I like. I don't know where you thought I didn't like you, Blair Witch. You were died. so cynical about it no, when we talked about no. it. Yeah, I, Blair Witch is one of the first uh, movies to really utilize the internet to mm-hmm. market itself. Absolutely. By you know, the weeks leading up to this movie, you still didn't know is it real or not real. Exactly. You know, and so no, I I I was into Love the it. Blair Witch. Love My it. wife was kind of like she she recently watched it top to bottom for the first time like a couple weeks ago when she was like, I don't get it. And it's because she wants to spend her disbelief in that way that I just can. I can just let it go. Oh, and just me show too. It. You know, especially when you get to the end of Heather comes around the corner and there's Mike standing at the corner. I'm like, oh, oh shit. That it's, still terrifies me. Too, me too. It's like, this is what they thought about at the beginning of the movie. Ah, the people of Burkersville knew. <laughs> oh, love it. All right. Well, we're at the uh, 35 minute mark. Okay. So it seems like a good time that for us to take a break and do yes. a little intermission, but not before we say. Oh, don't make me sing. Sing it. No. Sing it. Do it. Just like put. Do you make me sing by myself? Yeah, just like cut me in from no, the I'm old gonna, episode. I'm no, I'm sing I, by myself. No, though. my voice is different from. I'm gonna sing by myself. Okay, just sing by yourself. I'm not. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some. Booberry cereal. Ah. Because <coughs> boo. Scary. And we're back. Um, I peed in the yard. I peed in the house. And I held it. He held it. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. You've got all our urinary status. <laughs> Um, but uh, welcome back from the uh, intermission break. All right, continuing our list, uh, I want to jump into a category that's kind of new uh, to me in terms of popularity, and that is general unease. Low-key horror. Nothing mm-hmm. really super scary happens, but your general feeling coming away from it is, I just don't feel right. You know what? I think you were just schooled by Lee and I that this is not new, not even to you. <laughs> well, yeah, and I said I said Rosemary's Baby is a great example of low-key You undies. didn't. I'm about to say, you know what? I just thought of just on the on the flash, all of a sudden, creep with uh yeah, uh, yeah. with Mark Duplass. You know, those yeah, those those will make you feel uncomfortable. Okay, all Cause right, because he's, he's all about jump scaring you every once in a while. Just I think it's the the ones that you're thinking of are done in. A far more deliberate way, I'll give yeah. you that. Well, let's jump right into them. Mm-hmm. The the ones that, that I'm looking at uh, specifically is We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh, how is that? I haven't watched that. Please go ahead and tell me about it. <sighs> As Chelsea takes a big breath. I do. Okay. You start. Hang on. All right. So We're All Going to the World's Fair is very much from the point of view of a young girl mm-hmm. who starts down this rabbit hole on the internet and gets into this thing called we're all going to the world's fair okay and nothing really happens but you're along for the ride with this girl and there's supposedly these these portents of doom i guess Mm -hmm. that will happen if you do this thing it's almost like a bloody mary kind of thing gotcha (laughs) but nothing so overt as a crazy scary woman in the mirror you know Mm -hmm. it's just something bad's gonna happen so you have this ominous sense of dread throughout the entire film and that's that's it that's the movie there, wow. there there's never any giant punchline there's never any huge delivery yeah but you're left kind of not on the edge of your seat but just kind of ah, i just don't feel right you know and that's what i mean by general unease mm-hmm. there's there's not fear there's not horror in the typical sense right 
it's just you just don't feel you you feel off yeah is that fair oh that's that's completely fair you've heard of like the internet challenges like i think one of them was called like blue whale but like kids would actually end up dying Mm -hmm. like offing themselves Mm -hmm. at the end of it so I kind of went into it thinking that was going to happen. And that, again, feeds into that unease because your brain starts jumping to these worst case scenarios. Yes. Yep. And, right. and that's, that's when, I'm, when I'm talking about modern horror, that's, that's this modern element of, of this uh, internet, this shared uh, narrative, uh, the, this, this whole idea, almost, I'd hate to invoke Slender Man, but you know, oh, no, of, it, but it, it's true. Yeah. And two girls are sitting in jail because of it. Yep. Yep. And this is a film that kind of feeds into that, uh, that collective shared narrative. Um, another film that is borders on general unease and borders on comedy horror is all my friends hate me. Oh God. I haven't seen that either. Ooh. It, oh. it's a it's a British it, film. It's okay. about a guy who's going on a uh, a weekend trip with his friends mm-hmm. to a, a a mansion that they've rented. I say mansion. This is a very big house in England. Gotcha. And everyone's being kind of shitty to him, mm-hmm. and you can't tell if they're deliberately just being assholes for for a joke. Yeah. Or do they really hate him? And then there's a, an, the introduction of a, uh, a character who's not in the friend group, but he's from the town, mm-hmm. and he's just hanging around. And he's very menacing, and you don't know if it's if, if he means ill intent. Right. And, and so, again, the theme is general unease. You just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. This guy doesn't feel good in his situation. And, again, it's, it's low-key. There's right. never any real overt threat. There's never any huge punchline delivery, but at the same time, the, the whole movie mm-hmm. very well crafted in terms of making you feel like just something's funky, and 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 that's what I mean. This is like a new sub sub genre where just uh, the, the the scares aren't there, but the the just deliberate uneasiness. Do you feel like the stuff, the the works of do the, either of you feel like the works of let's say Ari Aster and Robert Eggers yeah. specifically specifically Hereditary and Midsommar and and specifically um, The Witch and The Lighthouse? Would you say that they fall into those yes. categories? Very much because they so. are because they just oh, yeah. especially Midsommar. I can mm-hmm. think we could definitely say that. I mean, you, you you take the gore factor out of it and you take the big the big delivery at the end out of it. Mm-hmm then there's that undercurrent of uneasiness. Yep. You're in an uncomfortable situation and you're not quite sure how you're supposed to behave. You're and not quite sure what's going to happen. And you're, and in this case of Midsommar, your characters spend almost the entire time on hallucinogens. So you there, you know, and you could tell they've done this stuff before, even Danny, but they're still thrown off their beat. You know, only, only, you know, um, not Ingmar, but uh, only Pele really has his footing because he's from this society and they've done this before and the rest of them are all kind of just thrown off enough probably because they're caught they're even when they're not tripping they're still got enough yeah. of a system where everything is just a little off position yeah you know? and i feel of course and danny more than anybody carrying the weight of the entire world on her shoulders as it is has that thrown into the boot as well i think uh, i think the witch if you remove the the ending of the movie mm-hmm. out of the equation it carries that whole sense of unease because yeah. it, nothing's overt, nothing's in your face. Nope. You're, you're dealing with kids taunting about Black Phillip and, you know, okay, that's just a kid's story and yep. nothing's real, you know, and there's nothing really bad happening unless you want to 
draw connections here and here and yep. make it, you know, even then it's kind of a stretch. So yeah, I think that that definitely checks that box. I also think sort of in a way the village and I'm not the big, biggest fan of yeah. M night, yeah. but that one and old, that was good. I like the village. And I, I love and I, the village. And I, and I'm like God. everybody else that cried, the people that go to the reviews cried. I figured it out at a certain point. It's like, holy crap. Before she climbed the wall, I kind of, I was like, this is not real. This, I said the people, and then when they give it away, it's kind of like, I like this. And I like the idea of what these damaged people and yeah. one guy was rich enough where he could basically, he and his people from their support group could just drop off the radar and live the rest of their life in, in isolation and happiness, finally. And I like the idea of, and then Bryce Dallas Howard, I'm sorry, Brilliant. I'm going digressing off the track. Oh, no, you're fine. I love that movie. It's so good. I, I think it's, it's underappreciated. Completely. Yeah. But I'm like Drew Barrymore in 51st States. Every fucking time I watch The Sixth Sense, I'm shocked. I'm like, oh my God, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we're going to jump away from that ambiguous new newness and mm-hmm. get into some classic monster slash supernatural. Oh, well, this is a sweet spot in horror, and it's been around forever, obviously. Um, but so I'm going to jump into some some big heavy hitters that came out in the last year. Uh, on the monster side of things, uh, the reboot of Hellraiser. Yep. Mm-hmm. What do we think? I like the original. Me too. Yeah, not of sex. I know this a little bit. But it, it, it's not a really. sexy movie, and he's a sexy sort of monster. Yeah, mm-hmm. as the pres, the as the priest kind of thing. Which yeah. I think is what Clive Barker calls him in the book in Hell in Hell about Heart. Yeah, I think Doug Bradley. I don't think I don't think the actress does a bad job as as Pinhead or anything. It's just there's something about Doug Bradley. They missed the sexiness. They missed the gay sexiness. Yes. They, they missed I know. a lot of the, the the BDSM imagery was not there. Yeah. It was very bright. That's another movie. Hellraiser. Hellraiser makes me uncomfortable. There's yeah. something because yeah. you know it's it's obvious and it's body horror. Mm-hmm. It crosses that line where it's like and and just frank you'll come to daddy it's just got yeah. a icky aspect to it in that respect i you know? saw i saw hellraiser in the theater when i was about 13 14 years old did you see it over here did you see it here at the uh, was, this is in mississippi okay yeah and uh yeah i remember going home to tell my mom about it and i said you know there was sex in this movie mom yeah but it was good Sex, <laughs> like it, 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 it contributed to the story. It's like David Lynch sex. Yeah, um, but, it uh, may be unsettling, but it contributes. I think we're all in agreement. I found the the new reboot completely forgettable. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, yeah. like in a, in another year when they bring out the sequel, I'll be like, oh yeah, that. Oh, I'll God. just watch Hope the better. old one. Yeah. Um, here's another monster flick. Um, and it was not really a movie, but it was a special online uh-huh. uh, from Marvel, uh, Werewolf by Night. Oh, I, I, I'm so lame. Is it good? I go on again, and as much as anything. I love that, Miss Mike Plug and all that good stuff, but I haven't oh, watched it. You got to watch it. I will. I love it. It's so good. I'm so happy to hear you two say that because nobody's really said anything in my bunch. Oh, you know? I'll, oh, I'll, you I'll, were all I will say about it, and mm. this is not giving anything away. Sure, it's a huge homage to the Universal monster movies. Oh, so great, and it's directed by I, can't, I always say his name. Michael Giacchino, who's a composer. Composer. He's first, a... this is his first feature. Yeah. Directed. He's done a few shorts. So good. And I'm excited. I want to watch that. If he tonight. wants to direct films, I'm on board That's because cool. this one is solid. Cool. It felt like five minutes had passed, and then like the credits were rolling, and I'm like, I need more. <laughs> yeah, like it totally. was so fun. It was so fun. I'm so happy to hear y'all say that. Um. On the supernatural end. Oh wait, uh, I have a monster oh, one. Oh, jump in. 
Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. Who's a hunky boy? I love him. I remember people. We did. We we did that one. That was one of our Friday night watches, and I had not seen it. And it's just like people were like they either really liked the girl or they couldn't stand her. I said, oh, she's hilarious. This whole movie. Have y'all seen the editor? The editor is the same guy that plays the father in Psycho Gorman plays this editor, and he's he's the editor of this kind of Jalo movie. It's it's a spoof kind of. But it's also an homage to Jalo filmmaking. Okay. okay. And the it's editor. it's definitely walks the line between comedy mm. and horror. It's I think it's still a shutter. It's around. I know okay. it's around, but they have had it. But same guy from uh, Psycho, Psycho Gorman is so I good. I love him. Psycho Gorman was the first movie that came out in the pandemic that felt like the elixir that we needed yeah. to get us out of our funky malaise that we were in. Mm-hmm. I, it's such a oh god that, that will forever hold a special place in my heart. Oh my god, I love uh, that movie. Just a great, just a great fun film experience of pure silliness and fun. All right, uh, if I may join it, my my monster movie uh, of the year is Nope. Yep. Yeah. I yes. love Nope. Next on my list. I was uh, hoping it was. Yeah, but kind of, that skirts the line of of monster slash supernatural. It does. Yeah. It's, it does because because it, it's a science fiction movie, but it is a horror movie. As it Chelsea it's said, so western. it's a western. It's a western too. It yeah. totally is. With relevance and a message to boot thrown into it too, and I, I love that about. It's just it. The Haywoods are great characters, and there's a point to them. As, as being black but I never feel like Jordan Peele is you know sacrificing the rest of the movie to really point that out the rest of the movie is the rest of the movie it's just this wonderful you know thing where it's it's a it's a it's an alien but it's not the alien you thought it was yeah. you know kind of thing and it's just and, and forgive me the thing that gets me more than anything that every time I rewatch it that messes with me is what Jean Jacket does <laughs> and that you know the yeah. death for, for his for its victims is a slow yeah. awful process of digestion it's just ugh, that movie just fucks with me just talking about it now because it's just it's so good that whole part of it when you see see them inside of it and also the woman just screams you know because oh. something is happening right then and there and it's just like whoo that one gets me mm. so i super i don't want to super get into it but mm-hmm. on one of your points i think he peel was way more deliberate with color yeah in terms of of actors and also just scenery, costumes, everything there. And I'm so curious about it, mm. but we're going to talk about it eventually. Well, if y'all do an episode where you cover notes, where you like word exclusive, please call me. <laughs> I want to specifically talk about the color green in that movie. Yeah. I am so fucking. There are times you're right. There's, there's so these beautiful, like you said, these thematic moments of color, like you said, where it's just like, uh, when, when, OJ wakes up after he luckily just happened to be, you know, inside the bar. And so when Jean Jack tried to pull him up, he just hit the thing, got knocked out. And you're right, it's raining. The starlight, uh, the the star lasso experience, neon is lit up and it's just green. Color is so deliberate in that film. And I'm so just curious as to what is going on there. I want to know. And, and I you, can't find anything and of course from the, him yet. And then you mentioned the purple people eater. <laughs> you get, even in lyric, you get a little bit of color. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Totally. Um, hot on the tails of what Chelsea was just talking about with color and film um, on the supernatural spectrum we're talking about smile <sighs> yeah I didn't get a chance to, did y'all go see it yeah Yeah. how was it pink pink it was pink <laughs> uh, okay, I don't feel bad about this you're exactly right the ring did it better yeah 
the ring did it better. Yeah. It looked like that's what it was. It was just a riff, riff on the ring. It is a riff on the ring. However, they, uh, again, going back to the uh, uh, message type movie, mm-hmm. um, there is a overriding message about mental health. Right. There's an overriding message like you're only professional if your hair is pulled back super yes. tight. Like that's the only time. Mm-hmm. 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 And then as you get... As she loses her mind. Then your hair gets, gets looser. Crazy. Have you ever seen Censor? I was just thinking about that too. Of course. Who's C- in that? Censor. It's a British film. Oh, and it's about the uh, the video nasties of the Oh, 80s. really? Yes. And it's about a woman who works for the film censor board. And wow. her and her progression away in, from yes. being uptight and... That it, film did that part better. I will not give away the ending. That no, is, please that don't. That is a must watch. You have to watch that. Thank you. I've never heard of that one. Censor. Oh. It's beautiful. Um, when we're done, text me some of these. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, keeping on the supernatural kick, uh, The Black Phone. Of course. I was hoping you'd get that one. That was great. I didn't watch this one either. You didn't watch it. Uh, Ethan Hawke is the uh, the big name in the film. And it's playing the bad guy, which he normally doesn't He's like to do. He's been so good ever since Moon Knight. He's the bad guy. so good at the bad guy. My he God. Really well, I, and I think, you know, I like, um, I go back to, what, is it Sinister? Is that the one that he did? Mm. The one where it's the films, where it's like he, he and the family move into the house where somebody's killed the, their right. family. That one, and, and that's uh, uh, Scott Derrickson. Dickerson? Derrickson. Same guy who did uh, this, Black Phone, and um, okay. Doctor Strange. Right. And right, it's right. just, oh. I, like their, I like their working relationship, and I like the kids. Um, I feel, I'm old enough that it, felt like 1979 i felt okay. like i was living 1979 yeah the black phone was extremely well received by a lot of people mm-hmm. i on the other hand didn't care for it mm-hmm. a, as much as everyone else yeah. i felt that it borrowed heavily from the uh the, the stranger things vibe it does um however it does have that also the the stranger danger milk carton kids yep. missing children kind of thing going on um and Travis and I will butt heads over this till the day I die. He loved the uh, the actress that played the sister in this movie. Uh-huh. I couldn't stand her. Really? Couldn't stand I her. I liked her too. I thought that uh, she, I couldn't tell it was the same actress from shot to shot. They, they changed the lighting on her and the hair. Interesting. And she looked like a different actress all through the movie. Maybe that was the point. Eh, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe there's something there. I was surprised to see Jeremy Davies in it. Yeah, he's one of those weird actors who always kind of plays that same sort of Jeremy Davies character. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And yep. it was weird to see him as the abusive dad because, I mean, I was really impressed. I will say this, not trying to change your mind about her, but that scene where he's like whipping her with the belt and then telling her, she's like, I won't do it anymore. It's yeah. Just, I, I don't know. I bought that for some that, weird reason. See, for me, that, that felt gratuitous. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I get, your, I get that you're trying to make a point, but there's another way to go about it. Uh-huh. And so I, there, there were things about the movie that just didn't hit me the right way on the right day, I guess. I got you. You know? And, well, I, and I was one of those people, I had no real interest in it until it finally kind of came out. And I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. That might be good. And the thing that surprised me more than anything is it's low gore. Yeah. Oh, really, I think it's only R-rated because they can say the word fuck yeah, yeah. a few it's, times. It's more about the supernatural element it of really him. Is. Uh, yeah, talking. I, I'm not gonna give away the ending. Chills. It's worth a shot. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, I definitely see your point because it's like I know what you mean. There's ones every once in a while. It's kind of like, man, that could have been better. Are you going yeah, into deal. family horror next? Um, I'm, a, I'm one away from it. Unless you want to jump right into it. What, what's next? Comedy. But we can go to family. Oh, put, put comedy last because right. I have one that skirts the line on the supernatural right. and this family that we right. totally forgot about. All right. Well, I've got one more supernatural to talk well, about. Mine's supernatural too. Okay. Well, then I'll let you finish. <laughs> 
The one I'm going to talk about is The Empty Man. I didn't watch this one either. The Empty Man? Okay, watch The Empty Man. Okay. It, it, if you watch the trailer, uh-huh. you think it's a Slender Man ripoff. Right. That's what it looked like. But it's not. Okay. okay. Where is it on? Is it on something? I don't remember. It's been a good eight months since I've okay. seen it. But, I'll um, look for it, though. The yeah. It, uh, it, it literally looks like a, a Slender Man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it starts going into these really strange directions that has like more of a a curse kind of quality to it. Like the people who are encountering it and it gets passed along, hmm. but not in a cheesy way. Uh, I was very surprised how much I liked the movie because the trailer makes you think, Oh, it's a Slender Man ripoff. Yeah. Even the name sounded like it was a yeah. Slender Man ripoff. Oh, yeah. sure. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Chelsea. All right. Hellbender. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How the fuck did we forget this? Yeah. I loved it. I thought that was it was good. Great. Yeah, it was. They did. I am. That was a gem. Uh, I'm a huge fan of of low budget, and a, a family film. A, not family yeah. horror, but a family film. But it is. Horror. Uh, it's a horror movie made, made by, by a family. family. Right. It fits, it fits right. family um, horror. It. Uh, it's good. It makes you. It makes you have faith in 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 people who are trying to make film on a shoestring budget. Yeah. And do cool things, and. They like metal and they perform heavy metal in their own They're, movie. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. That yeah. show is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely recommend that one. That's yeah. a fun one. So uh, so that goes right into family horror. Then. Yes. Yep. And uh, there are a couple of movies that hit the family horror. Of course, I want to talk about from a, several years ago. The the Hereditary I think right. speaks to family horror. Uh, uh, people ask, what is family horror? You know, it's 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 about. Not necessarily the horror elements of what happens plot-wise, but how fucked up family can be. Dysfunction. And dysfunction. Yeah. That's and, really and, it. And, 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 and what family members can do to each other to fuck each other up, you know? Yeah. Anything along those lines fit the family horror genre, in my opinion. Um, a couple came out in the last uh, year. Uh, Speak No Evil. Yeah. I didn't see that, but I know the one you're talking about. Okay. Um, I always got to say, what was the one... I like the boys. The boys from County Hell. Okay, that one kind of has a little bit because it's it's basically kind of like this you know family. The it's it's, it's uh, some town in, in Ireland where or Scotland where yeah. Bram Stoker spent the night one night and turns out there's something there that's like a vampire that is way more powerful than a vampire. Okay, kind of thing. Um, the other family horror movie that I saw this year was a Shutter original called What Josiah Saw. How was that? I it was good. It. I haven't. I'd wondered about that one too. It's got Robert Patrick, uh, Terminator Two. Okay. Really? Uh, wow. As 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 the father figure in the family. Okay. And uh, it is true family horror in that you've got this father who's just abusive to everybody, and you've got a son who still lives in mm-hmm. the father's shadow while the other two siblings have gone on to other things. Okay. And they kind of come home to roost. Gotcha. And you've got this reckoning that happens at in the third act. Okay. That is there's a twist, and it's uh, it's good. You know, you know, Patrick is 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 really um, getting really good in his old age. He is uh, peacemaker. You yeah. know, he was fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, he is. He's just great. Yeah. He is. I mean, and, I always talk about we we have a I'm sorry. Uh, there's a, a couple of uh, friends that they do an X Files rewatch on Monday nights. Oh, lovely! And we're still way early, and they're still yes. we're still at season two. But I mean, I still do, even though I feel like X Files, they they could have wrapped up a little bit sooner, a little more gracefully. I sure. still like John Doggett, and I like uh, Monica Reyes. The the uh, what's her name? Um, take coming, not Daphne Zuniga, but uh, Annabelle Annabeth Gish. 
as as when they come in the later seasons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like those characters. Yeah. But, okay. All right. Uh, and I was going to ask, um, does does the family horror does does like a relationship thing, almost like like a husband and wife thing, would that fall into that category oh, of course, as well? Sure. Uh, Jacob's wife. Yes. Barbara Crampton. Yes. I know. She's so I awesome. loved it. Uh, my favorite scene has got to be when he comes in and he's like. <laughs> It wasn't me. <laughs> of course it was you. You're doing it right now. <laughs> that, so that movie is a breath of fresh air. Oh, that was great. Uh, it, it was a uh, kind of like a, a, a movie royalty kind of thing for me in terms of horror movies. Yeah. You know, Barbara taking that role. And it's a movie about uh, female empowerment. It yes. Is. In, it is. Done correctly. In, in yeah. the face of religion and oppression. Fantastic movie, so I love good. it. And it's not—it's not a great movie. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah, not but it's a no, it, movie. It fucking it's is good. a great it movie. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. I had never heard of Larry Fessenden, who plays Jacob. Mm-hmm. I and but I kept reading. It's like he's like this underground, you know, horror, you know, you know, jewel. And last season on the last drive-in, they ran Thirst, which I think is his first movie that he writes and directs. And it's very. 90s indie you know it seems very inexpensive but it's really good i was like okay i see now what this guy's deal is i see okay i think so yeah it was really i like jacob's wife because i mean they're just so good in it and it starts out serious then it gets a little dark then it gets a little funny and then it gets philosophical yeah, you know, yeah. it's really it really runs all over the place, and it works in each way in each tonal shift. It, to me, it seems to work until the finally the end. I was like, let's just start over and leave. <laughs> you know, I love you. I love you too. Fuck it, let's hit the road. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. a lot of fun. Yeah. Now that was a Shutter original as well, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. wound up being a Shutter one. So hats off to Shutter for for making some good content. One I didn't mention that I really love, and I guess it kind of I don't know if it falls in that. I love the Beach House. Which was all shudder. Couple that are uh, in college. She's in college. She's getting her masters. He has dropped out, and you could tell their their relationship starting to fall apart. They go to his family's um, beach house in the off season, so nobody appears to be there. They show up there and ends up. There's a couple there, an older couple. Turns out they're friends of his family. Um, the guy who was the lead in uh, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead is the the the, the, okay. the husband. And even before we meet these characters, we see. The camera does is so beautifully shot. And one point goes in the ocean and something has cracked. Maybe global warming, whatever, but something in the bottom of the ocean has cracked and it is releasing some kind of biological agent into the water. Okay. And then eventually into the air. And it's this Lovecraftian horror. It's body horror. Oh nice. I wish I'd remember that earlier. I'm sorry, I feel like I got oh, off track no. on that kind yeah. of thing. It's just but I highly recommend it. It's a relationship movie. It's a gross movie at times, mm-hmm. but it's re- it's very Lovecraftian. I felt like, okay. you know, which is you have these people that are affected by something biological, eco- ecological that they cannot control. They are simply caught in the in the whim of cosmic events. Lovely, yeah, love some Lovecraft. Me too. Uh, you mentioned body horror, so I'm going to throw it in there. Mm-hmm. The body horror is still very much alive. Um, two movies that uh, in recent memory hit that uh, on the uh, nail on the head. Uh, Titan. <laughs> Titan or Titan, I, I, exactly. You're right. You talk about a fucked up flick, but but it stands out. It's it's a fucked up movie about fucking cars, fucking cars, and birth and metal. <laughs> so, somebody I saw somebody took a picture of Lightning McQueen 
Oh, no. And laid her across his hood. Oh. And it was like, oh, my God. That's brilliant. This is one of the people I follow. That's <laughs> dirty. Um, the other, of course, would be from the godfather of body horror. It's mm-hmm. the uh, Crimes of the Future from David Cronenberg. Not really a horror movie. More of a, uh, a, a detective story, a, a noir. But uh, definitely still in his wheelhouse. That's funny because that t- to suggest that that harkens back to his adaptation of uh, Naked Lunch. Right, because that's another one that's kind of a noir story. Yeah, you know, as much as you can make noir into burrows and a noir kind of thing, yeah. but but it's still got that weird body angle. Yeah, totally. He can't get away from it. Yep. Um, all right, last category I've got. Unless you guys want to uh, throw any more into the mix, I've got folk horror, and I consider uh, you mentioned Midsommar several yeah. times. I think Midsommar fits that that folk horror. Uh, we mentioned the ritual from a few years ago. Yeah. Um, the witch. The witch is a great example. Yep. Uh, you know these these folksy kind of tales using myth and lore to kind of advance the the scary elements of the movie. Uh, this year, the one that got me was Antlers. Oh God! Yeah, my friend Erin loved Antlers. She was she was looking forward to that one. That one's a trip too. That yeah. was uh yeah that was uh that went in directions I didn't see I coming. Mean, any any movie where you've got like an old lady talking to you about something that's you know ancient and then you've got weird relics and shit hanging on the walls yep. uh you know it, it i don't know it kind of hits me in a good spot i really i'm on board for a lot of that stuff that's good that's really fun um, and i was telling you guys to look into the uh that documentary which i wish i could remember what's called i regret that i didn't get it so actually uh, there was uh, one of the places that was selling physical media at mad monster mm-hmm. had that i think severin has put it out mm. really wish i'd have gotten that because it has special features i just i kind of forgot or we started packing up and when, then i realized it was like it was five o'clock and those people were already packing up it's like catch you next year <laughs> spent enough money as it was vinegar syndrome had taken the rest of my money so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they'll do it they were great oh god they were great they were so nice one of the nice things was i was sitting there just shooting the breeze with the lady because i was gonna make my final purchase from them and about that time i hear we both kind of hear like hey how you doing and we turn look and it's ted ramey who was nice. one of the guests there and he's there with what looks like his niece who looks like she's all of 17 completely uninterested in where she's at mm-hmm. and he's kind of like yeah this is yeah this is bigger syndrome they do all kind of restorations you can tell he liked them yeah. kind of thing they're doing they're doing the lord's work they are <laughs> they are and then he flattered me i was wearing um I've got a, a, a Daria. It's, it's, it just says Jalo, and it's like red knife, red knife, red knife, red knife, yellow knife. And, it's, <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it says a Dario Argento film. And I have, and I know that's not one of his better films, but at the same time, it's a great shirt. And he was like, it's a great shirt, man. It's like, where'd you get that? I was like, Adam Age Industries, you know, A-T-O-M, in Age Industries, good people. They got the Dario Argento collection. Let's see if I can find that. I still, I wonder, nah, that's an old movie. I, was say, I wonder if, I like, um, just a random, um, Little girl lives down the lane, yeah. Mm. With uh, with Jodie Foster and, and a disturbing Martin Sheen, from the from the moment you meet him, he's a pedophile. You know, it's just. Mm. I stopped watching that when you had it on. Did it's I uncomfortable. Yeah, you did a couple couple of years ago. Really? Yep. Well, and I was like, um, then. nope. It is because he is so terrifyingly feels like he feels like a pedophile. Yeah. He does, and and she's just barely but deftly, you know, sort of. You know, crossing swords with and just keeping him just far enough away is good. It's such a good one. So that's pretty much what we've got in terms of a list of some of the uh, highlights and lowlights of the last year or two in horror movies. I'm sure we've left some out, and if you've got any that uh, 
you want us to talk about or mention that we've overlooked, you know, feel free to hit us up on any of our social media stuff, which is, of course, at Cinema Chop Shop. Lee, I wanted to talk to you real briefly about some of your adventures <laughs> in the real world. Yes, sir. Um, you went to a, a horror movie convention or gathering not too long ago in North Carolina, correct? I did. I did. Tell me about that. I went to what it is is um, there's a uh, horror convention group called Mad Monster Party. They usually have two, two, two cons a year. They have one in the early part of the year, which is Mad Monster Party, and then they've started doing a second one, which they call Mad Monster Expo. And that was in late August this year, and uh, it's great. It was, um, it, is, it was just a horror convention. Um, everybody was so nice, because it was not as busy as, say, something like a bigger convention, like there's a comic convention I go to pretty much every year, and they're just packed. But the guest over. list was incredible. The yeah. guest list was great. You had Tom Atkins. You had Barbara Crampton. Um, they actually had um, D. Wallace, yes, yeah, Henry, Henry Thomas, and Robert McNaughton. You know, the so brother, the older brother, the right? older brother. So from you had, ET, yeah, wow. the ET group. Um, I'm not a big killer clowns person, but I know a lot of people are. The Chiodo brothers who made the movie were there. The guy who was the lead actor, Suzanne Snyder, who was the female actress, they had them there. Um, the girl, I didn't even mention this to you guys. The girl from uh, Hereditary. Yes, Charlie. she was there. Yep, she was there, and I really yes. wish she was. And she was so tiny and so sweet looking. It's like, but she wanted like fifty bucks. I was like, oh, I, can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Tommy Lee Wallace, the director of Halloween Three, they had Tommy Lee Wallace, Tom Atkins, Stacy Nilkin, and Dick Warlock. So they had kind of like a fortieth anniversary wow. thing with them. That's incredible. Oh, it was great. Uh, they had uh, John Cassar, the Crypt Keeper, was there. Yes, again, yeah. Ted Raimi was there. You know, the multi-talented Ted Raimi. Um, it was great. It was a really good show. And uh, I was there with my friend Wiley, who uh, I'm going to plug him real quick. He goes by Cousin Barnabas on um, on Twitter, but he has his own business, little print business called Unlovely Frankenstein. And he just basically, he designs through digital technology, makes his own posters and prints, has somebody print them for him, and he just sells them on Etsy okay. on his online store. Oh, and he basically cool. got a booth, so I tagged along with him and... Mm-hmm. Cousin work. Barnabas? Cousin Barnabas. Cousin Barnabas. Yeah. Okay. He's matter of fact, he's got a wonderful website called the Collinsport Historical Society. It's got it's won the Rondo Award. It's won the Joe Bob Briggs' Silver Bolo Award. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Boy, I love my boy. I'm proud of him. He's, That's he's, fantastic. So uh, I so so I went with him. And okay. it was just it was a great show. I can't recommend anybody, you guys, I'd love for you guys to pop up at it. Anybody any of y'all get a chance, go to it. And it looks like it's in February, late February. Okay coming up something like that but um hopefully by then you've replenished your life savings to spend more money on dvds i did i have to say the best part of working working the convention was i didn't walk around near as much as i would okay i stayed at the table i sold for my boy you know and then just didn't spend as much money walking around that's fantastic (laughs) Mm. um well i you know Lee, we want to thank you for coming. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed your your, your yeah. cherry popping moment. Absolutely, at the Cinema Chop Shop. Uh, your first experience with us. All I can say is, please invite me back. Okay, oh, okay. anytime. <laughs> Open invitation. Yeah, yeah. I awesome. think that we'll we'll definitely be cooking up some more stuff for Y'all you. Best. I mean, I just just you know, yeah, thank I, you. I, I, I really. This has been great. I don't know who you've been talking to. We're not the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Speak don't for say yourself. yourself so <laughs> Chelsea, maybe, but not me. Um, so, any other plugs besides the uh, the convention that you went to? Um, not offhand. Uh, just uh, like I said, um, yeah, the, there will be another Mad Monster. Um, again, my friend Wally, we've talked about it. We, we're also comic nerds. And there's a comic convention they have in Charlotte every year, the Hero Con. Hero Con. Yeah. And, and 
Wally told me, he said, basically, it was like 400 bucks to for a table at Mad Monster. And he's like, it's 375 at Heroes. I'm like, well, I said, hey, man, you want to do Heroes? I'll work the table with you. It's a bargain. <laughs> we'll yeah. do it. I like it. That's so, a great convention. It I, is. I, I went many, many moons ago and, and met some legends in the industry. So uh, It's such a good one. I actually went this year. I just went for one day this year because I just wasn't sure. Because you know, this is their first time. They skipped the last couple of years because yeah. COVID, obviously. And it was great. I met another good old friend of mine, my friend George. And, um, you know, we just hung out. Just, you know, I didn't spend as much money as I could because we only stayed for a little while. And, but it was great. <laughs> it was just, it was like being back at it again. It's like, man, it's, it's so gold. So, yeah, that probably is all I can really think of. And then. So how, how would one go about finding your movie group on Twitter? What's the, uh, what's the trick? Okay. It's, uh, um, the two ways, um, at, it's just at FFB movie night all one word or you can you know hashtag ffb movie night a lot of times you'll find our old stuff from there you can t- hashtag ffb you know <laughs> kind of thing and that's more just a general kind of whatever I, yeah we feel like doing kind of thing and but. again lee's uh, id on twitter is that brown coat so be sure to look him up uh he's a lot of fun to follow and i don't know if i mentioned at the head of the show but i was following lee on twitter before we were even introduced i know so uh, so twitter twitter's algorithm was uh clearly ahead of the curve they knew that uh, we needed to be friends <laughs> and uh it was so uh chelsea you got anything for us no no no, no plugs no. <laughs> um We've got an episode coming up uh, after this. We've got uh, the Suspiria versus Suspiria. Awesome. It's been delayed and put off by COVID and other circumstances, but God damn it, we're going to record it. I'm so excited. Next I weekend. I bet y'all are. And this is a, a, it's also going to be with a guest uh, that we've been trying to get on the show for many, many years. So Todd is finally going to get on this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about Suspiria and a little bit of Giallo uh, stuff on the side. And then uh, later on this month, we're going to be recording the very grueling four movies, head to head to oh, head to God. head. We're talking about all four iterations of A Star is Born. Oh, my goodness. With The Godfather, The Podfather, oh. Travisito. So we've got some Love fun stuff coming up. So we're coming out of horror. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And... Uh, Please remember to follow us on all the social media shit. It's at Cinema Chop Shop. Unless you want to listen to an episode of this on YouTube, it's at Cinema Chop Shop Podcast. And then, uh, of course, we want you to tell all your friends about us and, you know, make them like us, make them love us, and, you know, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, and, uh, all the things. All the things. <laughs> and we'll love you eternally for that. And, uh, as we do with every episode, we want to tell you to, you know, watch Chop Retrofit. Retrofit.